On this episode, the monthly Q&A episode, a little bit early this month, we're tackling your questions. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 321. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show gives you access to the practical wisdom that will empower you to become a better leader. And once a month, we open up the show to respond to questions from our listening community. Normally, it's the first Monday of the month. We're going a little early this month to make some space for upcoming guests. I am thrilled, as always, to have in studio Bonnie Stahoviak. Hello, Bonnie. Hello, Dave. I should warn people that we are recording this episode at an unusual time. We had some technical difficulties this week in our podcasting studio, so we are recording it past my bedtime. But I, you know, I'm I'm going to do it. I'm here. I'm ready. You're ready to roll. I'm ready to roll. All right. That's good. We've had lots of things go wrong this week. I had my whole issue with uh, getting caught in the wind in the tent with the kids. Uh <laughs> We we had the studio uh, thing blow this week, so we had to get equipment replaced. Uh, something happened to you unexpectedly this week. Can't remember what it was, but anyway, that's all. It's all taken care of now. So let's tackle some tough questions here from our listening community. Uh, boy, we love getting these questions. Love hearing from all of you and thinking about these questions. And they are tough because uh, you know if they were simple, you you would uh, be able to figure it out yourself. But uh, <laughs> this this is, I mean. It, I think most of the time we don't answer the questions. We just give you other things to think about, and it certainly gives us more things to think about. So uh, if you have a question you'd like us to consider for a future episode, go to coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. That is the very best way to get a question to us. And our first question comes in from longtime listener Elmer. Elmer writes, I want to use Twitter, don't use now at all, to reach out to all of our facilities we have converted, seven so far and eight more to convert by 2019, as well as to stay in touch with our regular distribution centers around the nation that we have not been able to connect with. I have several questions. How can we use it to help encourage networking? How can we keep it fresh? How often do you tweet or bring up new content? How about moderating the communications? Can we keep it private under our company's brand? How do we encourage activity on the system? Elmer, first of all, thank you so much for being such a longtime supporter and listener of the show. I so appreciate it. Now to your question. Twitter is not the right solution for this. I'm almost certain based on the context of what you're asking here. But let me come back to the technology and say more about the bigger picture first. So you're asking here for a tool or a platform or utilizing Twitter in such a way that you can stay in touch with people around the nation that you had not been able to connect with. I want to know more about what the outcome is. So stay in touch for me doesn't say a lot. There's there's a lot of easier ways to stay in touch. So for example, if you wanted to stay in touch with people all around the country, you could send out a weekly newsletter or monthly newsletter or something like that. That's staying in touch. But let's say instead you wanted to establish relationships between the locations and see leaders at those locations having regular dialogue that supports each other. So that's a really different thing than staying in touch. So I'd start off by getting really clear on what it is that you want to have as an outcome and then deciding which platform you're going to use. And there's so many corporate forums and knowledge management systems that are uh, technically in use in a lot of organizations that are complete ghost towns because they've not been 
utilized well and they there's not a lot of strategy behind them. People spend a lot of time thinking about the technology, but they don't spend enough time thinking through and putting in the resources to make sure the technology is utilized. And if it's done well, online discussions, forums, platforms, whatever you're going to call it, it really requires a lot of work. And most are not done well. That's why a lot of them don't uh, aren't successful. You don't see a lot of interaction on them. So I, I to your part of your question too here about moderators, um, I, I would think less about the word moderator per se and more about who's someone that could be an evangelist or maybe even a content champion for you. Because what you're going to want, if you're going to create an online platform, and let's say it is something that's more like the second thing I described, where you really want to get people building relationships, and I think that's probably what you're intending based on your question, you need to give people a compelling reason to go there. So there, there has to be something that's going to help them solve a problem. So maybe you're posting videos that really help them to do something within the organization, Maybe you or someone else is writing articles that are explaining how to do something that's a pain point. Maybe you're answering questions in real time and you get people doing that. So yeah, that's going to be time intensive, but it's necessary if you really want to build a thriving community. And there's a lot of things you could do around this. You could post a question of the day. You could have a live chat. You could have live video conferencing. Uh, you could hold little contests. But the, the key is be helpful. Solve problems for people. And if you really do that, and the technology, whatever it is, helps enable that. Word will travel fast, and people will go there, and you'll build a community. But it's not just enough to put something up and ask people to go use it, because almost nobody will. Elmer, you may be getting a lot more than you bargained for in this answer. So let me say something specifically about Twitter. Twitter is something I consider to be more of a news company, more of a social media platform. It's not at all designed for this. Yeah, you could hack it. You could set up private Twitter accounts and have people follow each other privately. But it's Twitter is designed and intended to be used as a public platform in a public space. It's really not good for this kind of stuff. And it's also really hard if you want to share like documents and videos or files, which you know, is part of the reason you'd get people to go there. Um, I think that'd be really, really hard to do on Twitter. So I'd find a platform that's private where you can post stuff that people can easily get back to, find stuff easily, chat with each other. In the Academy, we use Slack for uh, that. It works great for us for real-time communication. I think it's probably slightly less good for searching for archive files and content, but we don't really use it for that very much. We use it for real-time conversation. So I'd also check with your organization and find out what tools are out there right now. I know the name of the organization you work for. I'm not going to say it here, but I suspect there's almost certainly a tool or maybe a set of tools that your organization's already using that are internal internet type solutions out there and that you could utilize that as the platform. And I, it, it's less about really what the platform is and it's more about what you do for it. So get clear on the outcome. Find someone who can make it compelling if it's not you who within the organization can uh, evangelize it, get content up there, uh, get people utilizing it in a way that's really helpful, utilize a platform you've already got. And uh, if you do that, you don't worry so much about the technology and you really put the time and effort into making it useful. I think you're going to find something that's going to be helpful. And I think you create something that'll be really cool for people. So I hope this is helpful. 
T. Elmer, let me know what you decide to do with it. I'd love to hear. And if you learn any lessons along the way, please share them with the rest of us. So next question here is an audio question coming in from Andrew. Hey there, Dave. It's uh, Andrew calling from Toronto, Canada. Hope you are having a great day. This is a question for your next listener Q&A show. So my question is, I would love to get some coaching. I'm expecting to get a promotion in the next year or so. And I'd love to get some coaching, but I don't really have the disposable income to afford it. So I wondered if you could address what are some ways that people could get coaching or a substitute for coaching if they just can't afford it right now and if it's not something your company is in a position to offer them. So uh, that's my question. Thanks very much for all you do through Coaching for Leaders, and uh, thanks. Hi, Andrew. You didn't mention anything about the size of company that you're in, but sometimes human resources departments do have internal coaches available. They may not call them that. The department is sometimes called organizational development, but the process of providing someone with coaching may not be categorized under that name. So it would be worth talking to someone in your HR department to see if that resource might be available internally to the organization. Another idea is to explore some possibilities for co-mentoring. And that would be where you're working with other people who have similar goals to you, but who maybe are further along than you are in some areas, and maybe you're further along than they are in other areas, and you can provide sort of a mutual coaching and mentoring type of relationship. And then related to that would be looking at putting together what is sometimes called a mastermind group, but just this idea where we bring together four or five people, possibly a little bit larger than that who have similar goals and aspirations. You talked about wanting to develop your leadership skills. So people who want to do that, perhaps in your organization, but perhaps you extend it a little bit beyond that. And what can be really helpful about that is just to have a regular disciplined process of getting feedback from people who are different than you, and then people who are similar to you. And this can look lots of different ways. Dave has had some on and off again relationships in terms of mastermind groups that have been really helpful to him in his career. I, I haven't had them necessarily super broad. Mine tend to have been in my career around specific goals. Like in one case, it would be using technology in our teaching and people who were interested in doing that, getting together and sharing. It's amazing when you get a group of people together and you have some kind of a structured way in which you share ideas, challenge each other, and then that mutual accountability can be so powerful. And of course, you've heard of people doing this with writing groups, people doing this with developing other skills, and leadership is no different from that. And that would be something that you might want to consider. I agree with everything Bonnie has. And I'd add also Marshall Goldsmith's feed forward model, Andrew, if you're not familiar with that, I'll put a link in the notes and in the guide this week. It's a really helpful model just to take it upon yourself to go out and start talking to people in your organization and asking what it is that you could be doing more effectively. And he's got a great system for doing that in a very proactive way. And then based on what you hear, you could do a little bit of your own 360. You could start reading leadership books and you could put together your own personal development plan for the year. And it's not the same thing as coaching, of course, but there's a lot you could gain if you know a couple areas you're going to work on. And if you find some key books there, you'll uh, you'll be well along the way of doing 80 or 90% more than most people are. And by the way, if you get into that and it uh, 
it turns out you're looking for a couple book recommendations, certainly uh, feel free to drop us a line back and we'll be happy to point to point you to some books uh, and or point you to some past episodes that uh, might be helpful to you. So hope uh, hope that helps. Our uh, next question here is from uh, Bonnie. It looks like it's from Anders. Anders writes, I had dinner with the CEO of a global organization last Monday night. One thing he shared was his personal desire to be able to reach out to all employees irrespective of their geographic site or organizational level. I've experienced webcasts, emails, recorded TV, face-to-face crowd talks, etc. as some examples where technology enables senior leaders to reach and influence hearts and minds. Can you provide advice, guidance, ideas about other proven approaches to achieve this objective? Anders, thank you so much for the question. I have seen all of those technology examples work as well. I think two things. So first of all, nothing replaces face-to-face. Face-to-face is always the best. A live interaction is always ideal. Uh, It's it's more expensive. It's more time-consuming. You have to get people to travel. Uh, But I think there's a time and a place for doing that on a somewhat regular basis. And especially if you're a senior person in the organization, if you are leading people in remote locations, making an effort to to see them face-to-face in some capacity, at least occasionally, is well worth the time and the investment for most organizations. That said, your question is, how do we leverage the technology around it? And the one thing that you didn't mention here is uh, video conferencing, at least um, not directly. Uh, you know, one of the things I've um, we've done with the academy is we do everything, almost everything, through live video conferencing. And five years ago, the technology was pretty mediocre around this. Today, it's really stellar, and you can access video technology that's incredibly sharp, high definition. Even on a cellular phone these days, or over a cellular connection, it is really remarkable, and it. Absolutely. I have seen so many times now where it has helped people to build really strong relationships with others, even people they have not met in person before. So if you ha- if you and your organization haven't considered that as an option, there's a number of different technology platforms that do this. We use Zoom and we love it. There's GoToMeeting, there's WebEx, there's many platforms that provide this. But I, I think if you can find a way to leverage that as part of the um, as part of the corporate outreach and leadership outreach, uh, that is a wonderful tool to add in. So much of what's happening online is zeroing in around video these days. So even if it isn't live video, recorded video also can be very powerful. I know of several organizations that are doing that very successfully in using recorded video from senior executives or CEOs to get out to the organization. And again, not as good as in person, but boy, it can be pretty good if it's done well and it's done thoughtfully and put together with intention and strategy. Uh, Bonnie does a lot of online learning uh, in her work. And so, Bonnie, I'm, I'm curious too, what else uh, you think that might be options for them to look at or consider? One of the things that I think can be helpful in determining the right approaches for this kind of thing is to have some sort of resource around what your current communication channels are and what the strengths and weaknesses are of each one. And then it might be that, as Dave mentioned, you're missing a key communication channel that would allow you to get the message out in some new and different ways. And when you develop this list of communication channels, what you can do then 
is figure out when you've got messages that you're going to be sending out, how you want to cascade them. One of the things that's important is to have it in different means. You might have some portions of the messages that are going out via email in a text form, some of them going out via video, some of them going out via audio, but just that there's different types and then also different lengths. Sometimes we just need the short snapshot of what's going on. And then for some individuals in the company, they may need a deeper dive on a particular topic. And if you just Google template communication plan, I mean, you'll, you'll find a lot of good resources online and ways to set up what your goals are and how to identify tools and technologies that will help you achieve those goals. The next question that we have is coming from Roger. Roger wrote in and said, my boss is the general manager of our store. I am one of her assistant managers. We have had lots of people leave over the last six months. And when talking to them in confidence, they are all leaving because of her. She doesn't do much for the store's culture and doesn't show any empowerment, micromanaging wherever she can. I've taken issue with that and carefully crafted my communication style to fit it, although I hadn't thought about the effect on my representatives, which it turns out was a big misstep. My question for you and Bonnie is, how do I coach up to her and adequately convey that her attitude is causing the turnover? Or should I even attempt that? What are some examples of way I can coach up to her? I did want to mention starting off that a great resource I've found in this area is Peter Block's book, The Empowered Manager. And those of you that have been listening for a while might be chuckling to yourself now because I reference this book all the time. It's one of my absolute favorites. But just in case Roger has not heard me talk about it, I did want to mention it to him as a resource. There is a wonderful chapter on managing up. And that's one of the things I would consider. A couple of other just notes that don't require you to go read an entire chapter of an entire book is this word that you used, attitude, is a really tricky one. Nobody wants to hear that their attitude is bad and hardly anyone ever wants to admit that it is bad. You know, we just want to think of ourselves as better than that. So it's a tricky word because it's so, it's so subjective. I would suggest that before you talk to anyone about something like attitude, that you focus on behaviors and not something that's so hard to quantify like attitude. The other thing is to recognize that it it can be really difficult to give this kind of feedback to anyone, whether the person reported to you, whether they were a peer, but especially when there is this relationship where there are some mismatched power dynamics. So you do report to this individual and that makes it a little bit trickier, which you obviously already alluded to in your email. I would want to ask first, would you like to have some feedback about some of the reasons why people have been leaving? and allow that individual to decide if she'd like to have the feedback. If, if she says yes, are you interested even if the feedback might be of more geared toward you? Are you interested in feedback on your own leadership style? Would that be helpful to you? You have to be careful that you don't seem too manipulative on this one because you don't want to sound like you're just trying to lead someone toward obvious yeses. But that's something that I try to do. I mean, I, I even do that with Dave occasionally. I don't do this too often, but if there's... What? <laughs> I, know, I would be like... Would you like feedback on that? And if he doesn't want feedback, then that's not a good thing to bring up with him. I mean, so asking those kinds of questions first can be helpful. I did just want to mention, I don't know if this sounds like a cop out or not, but in retail, you mentioned working for a store. Turnover is very high in retail. It's, it's well a well-known fact. 
one of the things I would try to establish before having any kind of conversations with anyone about this with, with your manager is, is the turnover for her worse than it is for other stores that might be a similar comparison or in the industry. And again, I don't want it to sound like a cop out, but if you find that it's right in line with yes, retail, a lot of people do turn over in that industry, then I don't know that it's really going to be too helpful to you to give her feedback unless she asks for it. It's, it's just one of those things that if you have found ways to, as you say, craft your communication style and to still feel like you can be resilient and, and, thrive in the organization, then, then you just want to think about that. If, if the effects of her poor management skills are not causing anything, you know, worse than you might see in other institutions. So it's, this is a tough situation and I I do wish you the best as you pursue it. And based on Dave's expression, he has a couple of thoughts on this too. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, these are always so hard because there's so many variables, of course, Roger, you have to think of, I I have a, a slightly different take than you, Bonnie, on one piece of this. Um, as I think about this and I think about you know why people are leaving and you coming to have a conversation with her, I, I would encourage you to consider the option of just owning this. So rather than saying something like, here's what I've heard from the feedback from the other six people who've left, I think it's really easy for her to dismiss that and say, well, these people left. Of course they said that. I think one way to consider going about this is you you in your mind figure out like what are the four or five big things that people have said about what's going on and what's a problem that needs to change with her. And you pick the one in your mind that you feel like maybe is the one that she could move on. It should be the most likely one she could do something about quickly and start there and you own it. So rather than saying, here's what I've heard from six other people who have already left, here's something I've been noticing. Would you... Would you, and like Bonnie said, would you be up for some feedback on something I've been noticing and that I've been seeing? And start with the one thing, the one thing that she could potentially move on and see what happens. See if she's open to that. So start small, low bar. If you get a positive response or you get a response that shows some movement, then I think that opens the door for you to say more. And if you don't, then you know, and you know, it's not going to work. You figure out something else or you figure out, you know, uh, another option, another organization. But I think if you can test the waters a little bit and own what it is you're saying, I think that, um, I think you're more likely to get an indication quickly if she's going to be responsive to the feedback. So I hope that helps. Let us know what uh, comes out of it, Roger, and we'd love to hear. Our next question comes from Jen. Hi, I was wondering if you could have an episode about leading your former co-workers, tips about what to do, what not to do. Thank you. Hey, Jen, thank you so much for giving me a nice softball question. Turns out we did do an episode on this a while back, and I would have uh, emailed you back right away if I had had your email address. Uh, But if you will go over to episode 257, my friend Tom Henschel and I did an entire episode on how to manage former peers. And the reason we did it is because we got this question a whole bunch, and it is not, I don't think, in any leadership program I've ever seen, at least not formally. So episode 257 uh, is the one to check out tons of uh, information there. And for any of you who are managing former peers or are coaching other people, uh, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash 257. It'll get you there.
Thank you, Bonnie. If you know someone who would benefit from hearing the response to one of these questions, I hope you'll take a moment to pass along this episode. And if you are listening for one of the first times, or maybe this is your first time, welcome to Coaching for Leaders. I hope you'll also take a moment to activate your free membership on the Coaching for Leaders website. It will give you access to a ton of resources, including the entire podcast library over the last six years, including over 300 episodes. And it will also give you immediate access to my free 10-day audio course titled 10 Ways to Empower the People You Lead. If you'll give me 10 minutes a day for 10 days, it will help you to get the most immediate practical actions to become a better leader. You can join now by going to coachingforleaders.com and getting access to the free membership portal. And there's tons in there I'm not even mentioning here, but uh, you'll find it when you activate your membership immediately. And uh, in relation to today's conversation, I hope you'll check out three other episodes that if you will go into, I think you'll find some more detail in some of the questions we've talked about today. First of all, episode 242 how Twitter can help you lead. Now, you heard me mention to Elmer that Twitter's probably not the best option for what he's trying to do, yet Twitter does provide a lot of opportunities to help us to lead more effectively. I had Joel Kahn on that show. We talked about what are the strategies for using Twitter well for your own professional development, your own personal development. We talked extensively about that in episode 242, so check that out if you would like to use Twitter in uh, supporting yourself or maybe supporting your organization. Also, I recommended episode 257, How to Manage Former Peers, uh, in response to Jen's question. That's with Tom Henschel, uh, episode 257. We went into that in detail. If you have taken on a role recently where you are managing your former peers, or maybe you're going to be soon, or more likely for a lot of us listening, is someone who we have promoted or have moved into a role is now finding them, themselves in that position, highly recommend episode 257 for you. And then finally, episode 302, how to challenge directly and care personally. I had Kim Scott on the show. She is the author of the relatively new book, Radical Candor. We talked about some effective ways to manage up, mentioned some of those in the conversation today in regards to Roger's question. Uh, certainly recommend episode 302 if that's something that's top of mind for you. There's lots of ideas there. Lots of ideas in the Radical Candor book too. It's a good one. Pick it up if you haven't already gotten into it. All of those past episodes you can reach by going to coachingforleaders.com slash the episode number also in the library on the free membership. Thank you so much today to Lord2000 for the kind review you left on iTunes. Thank you, Lord. I so appreciate it. To leave a rating or review for the show, go to coachingforleaders.com slash iTunes. If you've been listening for a while and you've never left a rating or review for the show on iTunes, I so appreciate it. I read them all and they do help more people to find the show and help us build our community. So thank you so much in advance if you decide to do that. Have a fabulous week and I look forward to seeing you next week for our next conversation. Take care.